Hi, you're listening to the Flow State Fishing Podcast. What do you mean? There's fucking two Sheilas in the boat. <laughs> Listen to me. Every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Rod Armour. High quality protection for your rods and reels. Get to www.rodarmour.com. Rod Armour on socials, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. Local company, get around them. We're also brought to you by Hustle and Grind Coffee. It's got its own socials now, at Hustle and Grind Coffee Co. Still available through the Flow State Productions website, www.flowstateproductions.com.au. Specialty coffee. So, coffee's graded out of 100 on a world scale. All of our coffee is 80 plus, which makes it specialty grade. It's roasted to order, hosted to your doorstep. So it's always fresh, subscriptions available. Get around it, www.flowstateproductions.com. Look up Hustle and Grind Coffee, get amongst it, get your fix. And we are brought to you by castmag.co. If you haven't heard of them yet, you've been living under a rock. Top quality apparel, top quality fishing tackle, poppers, stick baits, jigs, decoy terminal. Always updating the website with new shit. Media production, they've got heaps of shit cooking all over the place. A lot of stuff I can't even let out of the bag yet, but you need to keep your finger on the pulse. www.castmag.co www. I already said that. Castmag.co on Instagram, Cast Fishing Co on Instagram, Cast Tackle Co on Instagram, and Castmag on Facebook. Now, I wanted to apologize to everybody. I'm sorry that I've been slack on the uploads with the podcast. I haven't done any. I've been so busy with video and film production. It has been insane. In saying that, I'm going to scale back, find a bit of balance. I really, really enjoy doing these and I want to keep doing them for as long as possible. I make a lot more time to go and get more done and be more consistent for you guys. So I just wanted to say I'm sorry. This episode, however, doesn't even feature me or I'm not in it at all. It's Mick and Flynn on their way to do an epic little flats mission. Um, Little car episode, very similar to the one that Mick and I did on episode one. So get around it, there's some great info in here, great insight into Flynn's life, a bit of cast stuff, good yarn, laid back, cruisy one, get around it, let us know what you think. Rightio, we're on. Haven't seen you for a while, man. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen you for ages, actually. What are you Wait, just before we start, you said put unleaded in there, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> unleaded diesel. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Um, yeah, so welcome everyone back to the Flow State uh, podcast. This one is definitely going to be probably one of the best ones of the year. For two reasons. One, because Flynn's on it, and two, because Wade's not. <laughs> so... Let's, um, let's get into it. We're gonna go for a bit of a chat about what Flynn's been up to for the last few months, um, in particular Cocos Island. Uh, for those of you that follow his fly fishing journey, that Cocos trip was absolutely ridiculous from what I saw. I was getting little updates along the way and it was like giving me goosebumps, man. Some yeah, of that shit. proper what dreams are made of that. Oh, ridiculous. Like what started that trip? Like you've been there before, hey? Yeah, I went there. That's the third year in a row, actually. Yep. Um, fucking spoiled, man. Yeah, and it's actually, like, not the third year in a row, it's second year in a row, but that's second time this year. Yeah, right. Because I went in January as well. That's right. Was that the one I was supposed to be on? Yeah. January, yeah. You're meant to be on both of them. You're yeah, just gamming. 
fuck, it's too expensive. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck, I've got three kids, eh? <laughs> you got four and you just don't see the other one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fuck, yeah. It's good to see you again, though. <laughs> you need to catch up with the old man way more often, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about the trip, man. Like, tell me about January first, like, because I saw a bit of the YouTube stuff. Like, there was a lot of GTs caught on that trip, wasn't there? Yeah, um, well, that's like the sort of like the prime time to go, I suppose you could say. The last time that we went was the off season, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, which is when the trade winds blow and it's blowing like 20, 25 knots every day. Yeah. And there's bulk cloud cover, but we knew that going in, we just had the chance to go, so we thought we'd just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the January trip was prime time and it the fishing was insane, like, Every day we caught GTs and good numbers of them and saw large amount of numbers, like, yeah. and all big fish. Yeah. Um, we found, like, a new zone that we hadn't been to before, which was, like, a series of drains, and on the run-out there'd be, like, there's two drains in particular, and they're about 200 metres apart, and you'd go fish the first drain, yeah. have a shot, and you'd either land that fish or get smoked, and then you re-rig and walk to the next drain and on that walk you'd have another shot at another big fish yeah, right. traveling on the flat and that fish generally didn't eat for some reason yeah okay and then we'd get to the next drain and again have a shot and get blown away or land the fish yeah and then you just walk back to the next drain and you do that for the last like two hours of the run out. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as you're, it's shallow enough to get there, yeah. you just keep bouncing between the two drains. Yeah, yeah, and gotcha. like every day for that last two hours of the run out, we would hook like eight fish, yeah. nine fish. And um, like the terrain's just so gnarly. And yeah. like landing them is an absolute fish and they're giants. Like some of those fish are over 30 kilos. Yeah, yeah. right. That's a big fish. Yeah, and especially on fly and yeah. that terrain is almost impossible. But I'd say you got more chance on fly, to be honest, than conventional because fly line's got a little bit of abrasion resistance compared to braid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we there was a lot of GTs um, and then like bones, just they're typical over there. Yeah, that bone, it's like the bonefish capital of fucking everywhere. Yeah, literally basically. like... Because they're not just numbers, they're huge. Oh yeah, like an average fish is 65, 70 centimetres. Yeah, and thick. Yeah. Yeah, some of those photos, man, like, I've never, like, I'll be honest, I've never really had too much interest in chasing bonefish. Nah. Purely because, like, along the east coast here, they're not really a thing. Like, they may be somewhere. Yeah, but exactly. they're not really like a reliable fishery or anything that you can fully target. So like most of my attention's been like Tuskies, GTs, Permit, Goldens, yeah, you know, shit like that. But seeing some of those photos, man, like that, that actually makes me super keen yeah. to chase them one day for sure. And like, they're a super rewarding fish, like blue basses, perms, all that stuff is fun. Mm. And it's like super, super rewarding when you eventually get one. Yep. But though, like, you can rely on those things to eat. Oh, for sure. And yeah. like, and they're big fish, they fight hard. Yeah, yeah. They can be challenging, but if you place the cast right, they'll eat. Like, yeah. there's no doubt I was no surprised too, like, um, probably in, I think over the next couple of months or whatever, some of our work is gonna be on the australia.com um, website for Tourism Australia. And there's a couple of, um, films we did like just one minute mashups from some of the footage like yeah. Spanish mackerel GT Barra 
and then we did we did a flats one as well. Yeah. And a lot of that footage comes from the East Cape. But I was asking you about footage for those um, bonefish. Yeah. And some of the stuff you sent me, like it's just off the iPhone, I couldn't believe like you're hooking bonefish and then you've got other bonefish like porpoising in front of you. Yeah, literally that like was eighty centimeter fish. Yeah. And that's the first time I've ever seen that and ever heard of that happening. Yeah. Like literally feeding like milkfish. Well, they're, yeah. they're like rising like trout. Yeah, yeah. They're, and like well out of the water. Too. Yeah, not yeah. doing it mistakenly. It's almost like, like a dolphin. That's what it yeah. looked like. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, that one afternoon they were just everywhere yeah. like on sunset and even like into the night. They 100% feed into the night. Yeah. There was a few sessions where the tide was like super late in the day. Yeah. And we would go on and fish until we could not see anything. Like we would cast every little ripple into the darkness yeah. and still catching bones. Yeah, right. Um, and like the sunset almost made it easier to see them because you could look into the sunset yeah. as it was like gone, as there's that last light. Yeah. And you could see their fins and everything yeah, had like right. orange coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, That's um, cool. Yeah, and like the second last day, I think it was, we. We caught like eight fish, like really quick and really big fish, yeah. right, right on dark, and they were like there was no light. Yeah, people right. would be off them. Generally, people would have been two hours ago. Yeah. They would have been gone. But just been that, home. that big that you could just see them. Yeah, and yeah. like their whole back and yeah. dorsal and tail were all out of yeah. the water. So, what um, do you find? Do you have to be stealthy for them over there, or like yeah, to get close like, enough? Um, Even though there's numbers. Depends. Like, if you're walking up on a tailing fish, yep. you don't have to be that stealthy, like, compared to permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, we had... There's a few situations, like, in the super thick weed, Yeah, you could, like, run up to those things. They wouldn't know you're there because their head is fully buried in the weed. Yeah, gotcha. And you have to land the cast, like... It basically, like, like rolls off their back. Yeah. Because otherwise, if the they cast is, like... 20 centimeters in front of them, they can't find it. Yeah, okay. So you have to land it like in their hole. Yep. yep. Um, but when they're just like on the sand and stuff, they're not that spooky. Like, yeah. they're so spooky, but they story. don't see that many people. Yeah, well, they, it, it was interesting because when we went to Sudan, there was, uh, we didn't see any bonefish in the south, and we weren't expecting to see bonefish in the south, but um, Nicola said that towards the end of the trip, we'll go to the north and we'll see a flat that's got permit, bonefish, and big yellow margin triggers. Yeah, we actually saw bumpies there as well, just yeah, the juvenile see. ones. But we didn't see any bones until like the last day, and like when we we're walking along this flat, like it's a really silty flat. So every step you make, there's a big puff of like mud that comes from your boots and, and it yeah. goes behind you. So you're walking like into the current, so that all that shit stays goes behind. behind you. Yeah, and um, it just happened that the two big bonefish came down the flat that Buster was walking up. Yeah. And like, we're all being like so fucking stealthy, man. Cause <laughs> we're trying to like, um, like we're basically stalking trophy sized trigger fish. Yeah. And they're spooky as fuck on that flat. Yeah. And we also seen a couple of permit, like just really like ghosting because the visibility isn't amazing on those flats. It's quite yeah. cloudy. And these two big bonefish come towards Benny he's casting them and he thought they were like maybe little GTs or something like that and as they're getting closer he's getting louder he's like bonefish bonefish bone it's a bonefish a fucking bonefish all while he's casting at them man and they're like 12 feet away 
I'm like, what are they, man? It's a fucking bonefish. I'm like, holy shit. Like, they definitely would have heard you. And like, they're not eating at all. I was like, fuck, unbelievable. Scared everything on the flat, pretty much. Like, it was the funniest shit I've ever seen, eh? Like, I love how he can't contain his fucking excitement, even when you have to be, like, yeah. fucking quiet. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So there's huge numbers of them over there, and, like, you guys would have racked up fucking bone after bone after bone over, over a week, eh? Oh, like, every day. Yeah. I'd say, like, between... It was me and my dad fishing. Yeah. We would... An average day would probably be, like, 30 bones. Yeah, right. That's fine. Um, yeah, and so when we went in January, that was in summer, we found that in the afternoon... You couldn't fish in the lagoon because the water was so hot. Yeah, right. Um, no matter what the tide was doing. Yeah. So it was like a morning thing before the water got too hot. And then the outside, you could still fish in the afternoon because like a run-in tide brings like cool, cool. ocean water. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were getting like far more numbers, but less quality. Like there was still like 80, eight, mid-80s yeah, fish yeah. coming yeah. and we were still catching them, but there was a lot more of the like 600 sort of size. Yeah, right, yeah. But this time there seemed to be less bones, but still catching 30 bones a day, yeah. like, and not targeting them that much. Like, yeah. like you're just picking off when they come. Yeah. And, um, but the average bone was like 70 to 75, and we caught lots of bones, sort of 80 to mid 80s. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I that's don't know. incredible, eh? Really, when yeah. you think about it, that's amazing. Yeah, and would there be class. any other places like that around the world that you've heard of? There'd probably be some, but that's like size and numbers. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, there's probably like I don't know what the Seychelles is like, but that's probably similar. Yeah. But um, as far as places like Christmas Island and stuff go, like yeah, they've yeah. got massive numbers, but they're yeah. tiny. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. In um, comparison, yeah. Yeah, like a, a ten pound bone is yeah. an everyday thing on Pocus. Yeah, right. I remember when I first started seeing photos of them on Instagram from um, those young fellas. Um, yeah. What's, oh, I forget their name, man. Um, the Cocos Apologies, yeah. Yeah, there's heaps of them. Yeah, there's, like, there's a bunch of them over there. And I, I remember seeing a guy, like, he, he caught one, it was like 90 centimetres or something. Yeah, 87. Yeah, and he's like, um, they're definitely here, in, they're definitely here, and they're definitely over a metre. Yeah, uh, 100%. That's amazing, man. I've that's definitely seen bones over a metre. That's crazy. Like, there's actually been a few that I've gone not cast at and gone oh that's a milkfish yeah right and like kept looking that's a bone and then by the time it gets too close you're like oh my god wow. that's actually a bone it's crazy eh what, what other species are on there obviously there's permit wrasse and shit like that bumpies yeah permit wrasse bumpies Jeez. bulk GTs yeah. bluefin there's yeah. also those um I don't know what their legit name is for them we just call them island trevally they're like a like like a golden but stripy. Yeah, they yeah. got black stripes. On. Oh yeah, yeah, I know the ones. Yeah, they're like bluey. Yeah, silver. Yeah, they're like a silver trevally with stripes. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of them. Um, there's also like the like a bluefin but with the little gold dots on it. Oh yeah, like yeah. They get them in Africa, right? Those ones in the yeah. Red Sea. Like I think they call them yellow spot. Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, and they're like in plague proportions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get them, and then. What else did we get that we target? Did your dad get it? Did your dad end up getting a raster this year? Or? No, he hooked bumpies. Yeah. Um, but they all got smoked. Um, 
what else did we get? Let's just cut to the chase, man. Tell us about your fucking bumpy. Yeah, that was pretty. I know you're bastard to tell everyone about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I purposefully didn't like. We've been hanging out for a day and a half now. Yeah, I purposely haven't asked you about it because I wanted to hear it on the podcast for the first time. Yeah, like I know snippets of it and I've seen the video, but I want to hear it. Yeah. So, like, the whole. Like, the main goal for the trip was yeah. to get a bumpy. And this has been a goal for a long time. Like, we've yeah. spoken about this for a long fucking time. Yeah. And, um, like, we've, I've watched every single video there is known yep. to mankind about bumpies. Yep. And um, I've even, like, Dad's got a drone and I've flown the drone over them for as long as the battery can. Yeah. And just, like, watched what they do. Yeah. And so, like, I put every little piece of the puzzle that I possibly could together. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think it just comes down to pure luck and numbers of shots. Yeah, right. Um, How many fish do you think you had a shot at? For the whole trip? Before you landed one, yeah. Um, like, hundreds. Yeah, right. Like, each shot, each um, day, you would get a shot probably, like, 15 shots yep. a day yep. and each school there's like probably 10 to 30 fish in each school yeah yeah yep. um, but yeah the first one I hooked um, like the school was just in front of me tailing and I put like probably 20 casts yep. in them and they just did not want a bar of it yep. and then for some reason the last fish in the school just came through and scooped it up yeah and that thing, that was a beast. That was the biggest one I hooked for the, I hooked four for the trip and landed landed one. Yep. And landed the biggest one? No, that was the, I landed the smallest one. Yeah, okay. Yep. But the biggest one was, that was ridiculous, like how much power that thing had. It oh. like cleared the fly line and then probably took 50 meters of backing. Yeah. And then it sat on the surface on the flat and it was like the best situation to fire them in. There was like nothing for it to do me for ages. Yep. And it was just sitting on the surface, and then um, I was just like slowly bringing it in, yeah, and right. then it just turned around and absolutely boogied and probably took a hundred, hundred and fifty meters of backing. Fucking hell! Yeah, like proper lot. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> proper lots. <laughs> and um, and I've only got twenty pound tippet, so yeah, you can only yeah. pull as hard as you can, and yeah, it's a yeah. bumpy, like yeah. You'd be shitting yourself. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah. a permit. Like, how hard do you want to pull? Yeah. Like, it was a bone. I would have just yeeted on the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then that one ended up getting it got out of the channel, the far channel. So there was a channel behind me that was like 50 meters behind, and it chose to go to the further one that was like 300 meters down the flat. Yeah, and um, it managed to get to that and got me on the first bommy oh, in that channel. So that was pretty devastating, but yep. it is what it is. And then um, the next day, I got another eat, and that one bit me off straight away. Yeah, so right. it either choked the fly or yep. it just like came across its face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that bit me off straight away. And then it was like two days later that I had another eat and. Same thing, that was much gnarlier country though, but that tore off and it got me around a bomby like before it even cleared the fly line. Yeah. And then the it's one like that I landed. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. 
ridiculous, eh? Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one that I landed, I was actually walking up to a trigger. I saw the trigger tailing from probably 50 meters away and I was yep. like slowly getting close to it. And it tailed and then it went down and then like a minute later, it tailed like 20 meters away. And I was like, that's a long way for it to move. Like yeah. usually they're on one spot. Yeah. And then two t- triggers tailed at the same time. So there was two triggers there. Yeah. And then I slowly got a bit closer and then Bumpy started tailing around the two triggers. And then another two triggers started tailing. So there's four triggers yep. and a school of bumpies. probably 20 Bumpies. Yeah. And then, so at this point, like they're both fish that I want to catch. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing what to cast at, like, a bumpy's a bumpy isn't gonna eat. Yeah, yeah. A trigger, you possibly have better chance to get the thing to eat. Yep. But they're all like mixed in with with each other and like what fish do you cast at? Cast at? So I'm like standing on this bomby like waiting for an opportunity to cast at something. So I was yep. there for maybe five minutes before I'd even drop the fly to cast it. Yeah, right. And um, so and you then chose like the bumpy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a twenty kilo jeep swims between me and that mob of fish yeah and I'm like I haven't caught a jeet for the trip yet do I drop that and just like cast at the jeet and maybe that'll eat that's a fucking like what a what a pity eh like what a shit place to be yeah (laughs) fucking hell tough day yeah it's crazy so I ended up choosing the bumpy and I made that fish like peeled off towards me and I made a few casts at it and then it turned around and went back into the school yep and then there was a trigger closest to me that was like away from everything else. Yeah. So I cast it that and it didn't even think about looking at the flight. Yeah. And then the school of bumpies turned and started slowly feeding towards me. So I placed it out like well in front and waited for them to come to it. Yep. And then as they came over, I did like a dead slow strip. Yep. And um, the lead fish like just slowly went over to it and tailed on it. Yep. And I felt the, like the slice little tick on the line and yep. I just yeah. drove it home. And compared to the other fish, that fish did nothing. Yeah, right. Like absolutely nothing. It took maybe, like it didn't clear the fly line. Yeah. Because um, I saw the video, it was in fucking skinny water. Yeah, super skinny. And to be honest, I thought the fish was bigger than it actually was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sort of like headed towards the surf and... It was kind of small enough where I could determine what I wanted it to do. Yeah, okay. Yep. And there, if it wanted to, if it really got its head under, it could have got me on so many things. Yeah, yeah. But um, it sort of just like flopped around in the surf and then like had a little dig, took like five, ten metres of fly line and then it had come back and like sat on the surface and then I was like, this thing's going to go. Yeah. And it, and just, never it just never went. Yeah. I remember watching the video and he your dad, like, when you pick it up, you're like, he's like, don't you let that fucking thing go. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking wait. <laughs> like, he's just like, I was not letting that thing go. <laughs> That's awesome. i tell you what, the first thing that they do when you grab it is just shit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, everywhere. I was just covered in parrot That's on shit. that, um, that's on that Aquahulk. Yeah. Um, video, <laughs> eh? It's just shit everywhere. Everywhere. Well, there's only like I don't I haven't really asked around too many people or whatever. I know that uh, that Alex Roy guy caught one last yep. year. I'm assuming that's like East Coast of Queensland there somewhere. Yep. Um, you've got one. I don't know too many people that have landed one. I know two of my close mates have got eats 
yep. and have hooked the fish. Like Robbo, I was there for. Wade um, had, had a shot at one as well. He said he hooked one um, a little while ago, but that didn't end very well either. Um, but Robbo's, man, like that was like, how many kilos do you reckon that fish was that you landed? Probably five. Yeah. So they look about all you'd really want, honestly, like in yeah. terms of being able to handle them. And like gnarly country. Yeah, exactly. And some of those fish on the flats, honestly, yeah. like they look like they're in super skinny water. So you yeah. walk out to them yeah. and they're like waist deep and they're, and they're huge. They're tailing yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the ones that, um, when I went to the Cape with Ben and Robbo, it wasn't my first trip. It was my second trip. I had the fly gear there and so did Robbo. He was always a bit of a closet fly um, fan. Yeah. So we fucked around with his fly rod on the first trip there, and um, then the next time we went back, we dedicated a bit of time to fly. Right. And that was where like we got all that um, that footage of um, of the blue bastard tailing in some of the inshore islands and shit. And then yeah. that same trip, we went out to the outer reef, and you always see them there. But we came across them up on the flat, and they're all munching on this little coral head. Yeah. And there was like probably from the coral head to the edge of the, um, like the drop off the reef, there's probably about, I want to say like maybe 80 to 100 meters. Yeah. And that looks like a long way. Yeah, but, but it's not. Man, this thing, like, Robbo put a cast in, I put a cast in. Mine was completely fucking way out of the way, not even close. It was right at the start of when I first started fly fishing and Robbo put one in and was on the money. Yeah. And it was just a shrimp and it just sunk down and this fish just cruised over to it and tilted on its side, scooped it up. And me and Ben are watching it going, he just ate it. And Robbo was watching the wrong fish. Yeah. So he, he just hit it. And then when he hit it, this thing just took off. Yeah. Like, and the whole herd, it looked like like wildebeest yeah. fucking cruising across the plains. And they fucking took off at a rate of knots and they were just gone over the edge within like seconds. Yeah. And we just all looked at each other and went, how the fuck are you meant to land one of But these fish were probably uh, in excess of 20 kilos, probably yeah. 20 to 30 kilos, like big coffee table fucking things. Yeah. And that was just like, how the fuck does anyone ever land that? Yeah, exactly. And I was talking to Jarko the other day, and he was saying that the really, really big ones, every now and again where, where they were chasing them, they were, they were able to target them like 300, 350 metres up into the flat. So they had a long, long way to go yeah, before that's they a, hit the edge, and that's where they had their most yeah. success. See, on the fish. outside of um, the co- of Cocos Flats where you chase the bumpies, yeah. from the shore to the that surf break is... Yeah. Probably only 300 meters. Yeah, right. Oh, not even 200. Yep. yep. So it seems like a long way. Yeah. But they'll tear out there pretty quick. And for a fucking ugly, lazy-looking fish. Oh my god. They're built for speed. Yeah. Eh? And like tuskies. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent And they don't need a channel like you think when you look at the surf break. You're like, oh well, they can't get out there. Yeah, yeah. They need to like go down to that channel. Yeah. But they just head for the sea, like for the ocean, and yeah. they just find somewhere. Yeah. No, they're an interesting animal. Hey, like, um, Jaco was also saying that he thought that in his experience, because their eyes are so far away from their mouth or whatever, he said he thought they had really poor like mouth-eye coordination. Yeah. So a lot of the time they like fumble around and miss the fly quite often. Yeah. When they want to eat it. So like, not only are they big and fucking quick they sometimes like even if you get the cast right they're trying to eat it and they can't eat it 
Yeah. And then they've got that fucked up hard beak of a mouth. Oh my god. Like you've got to have a lot of things going your way yeah. to land that fish. And then they so, might actually eat it, and then they just bite you off. Yeah, exactly. Like what, what a fault cutter. What a cool fish though, eh? Good on you, man. That's like fucking goals right Def- there. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. I want to so do it again. I want a proper big one. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I'd love to get there one day. It's just so fucking expensive to get there. It's um. It's one of those things, but it's definitely a bucket list destination. Eh? Yeah, it's like, a pretty cool part of the world. It was kind of like um, Sudan, to be honest. Like um, that was something that was never even ever on my radar, and now I would go back in a fucking heartbeat, man. Yeah, it's such a fucking cool place, and we only like scratched the surface. We were at sea for two weeks nearly, and just scratched the surface. Oh yeah, like Cocos, we were there for ten days, and like. You feel like 10 days is not enough, like. Oh, for sure. I remember in uh, in Sudan, like, we were sort of, because basically, the basis of the trip was the guys that do the operation over there, they typically had a smaller mothership previously. Right. So they weren't able to go to all these far off um, atolls and islands and stuff that they had already seen on the maps. Yeah. So they'd only been to a really small area, even though they'd fished it for like 10 years. So now they finally got this big, bigger mothership um, it was like a scuba diving ship. Yeah. And they were able to finally push down to all these, like, sort of, I suppose, like, the last frontier of what they were trying to explore. Yeah. So a lot of the islands that we went to, they had never been to. And they're the yeah, only operator in the area. And so it's like, we know 100% that a couple of islands here have had fly fishermen on there previously. Yeah. But 50% of what we looked at is for the very first time. Yeah. Ever. That's and it's awesome. kind of like, unless the locals fly fish, I don't know, but... Yeah. Um, and maybe some really, you know, like, fucking wild pioneers or whatever have done it in the past, who knows. But as far as that operator goes, yeah, there's no one that's been there. And, yeah. like, to step foot on an island, walk 20 metres and see trophy triggers, bumpies, permit, all yeah. sorts of shit like that, it's just like, where the fuck am I and <laughs> how can I stay? <laughs> and how long can I stay for? <laughs> Please. Like, I'd miss my kids and that, but, like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> How long can I stay for real? It was, like, it was amazing, honestly. It was fucking crazy. But if I stayed longer, I would have come back, like, weighing 120 kilos. Like, every morning, man, pancakes and Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> they love, they fucking love Nutella over there, dude. It's, like, everywhere. It's, like, this fucking amazing delicacy. Nutella, Nutella, Nutella. It's fucking everywhere. It's crazy, but... It was a really good operation too because the guys are Italian. Right. And so the food's delicious. Yeah. Man, you know, like, and there's a, like a good mix of like Italian food and Sudanese food. And like, it was just, yeah, it was fucking, it was a really, really good time. And like one of the best experiences I've ever had. And it just got me thirsty to go to more places like that, like yeah. Cocos and things like that. But, you know, it's like anything. Like, I'm just like everyone else. You've got to save your money and pick and yeah. choose what you do for your holidays and exactly. stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's definitely, you've definitely put it in the fucking bucket list category for sure. It's fucking crazy, because some of that footage that I saw just from your trip in January with the GTs. Yeah. Just the footage off your chest mount. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. It was pretty interesting, like, the trip that we just did, I don't know what it was, but the GTs were very quiet. Like, they were still in those drains. Yeah. But they didn't want a bar of a fly. Yeah, right. They didn't want anything to do with it. Were they just, like, mooching around? Well, this, like, my theory of why they're there, because they 
it's only on the run out that they're there yep. and then they use those drains to get onto the flat. Yeah, okay. And um, on the run out, they sit right behind a bommie. Yep. So it's like in an eddy. Yep. And then there's like these green parrotfish that like mill around in the, in yeah, the channel. Yeah. The real bright ones. Yeah, and they're only yeah. like, yeah, they're yeah. like 20, 30 and centimeters long. Shit, eh? Yeah. Tried to catch them? No. Oh. Don't eat. Oh, well, the ones that I shot at, like, I spent, like, half a day fucking trying to catch them with Tyson one day. Oh, really? We waited some fucking um, island, like, we waited some coral reef out on the Great Barrier Reef off Cairns. Yeah. Fucking heaps of them, and they're eating shit. Yeah. They just don't eat flies. But yeah. anyway, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> um, and they just, like, mill around in there, and last time we were there, they would, every now and then, they would try and get out of the channel. Yeah. And they would get to the edge where, like, bottlenecks kind of thing yeah yeah and then they would like all ball up on the surface and then try and run back in and a big jeep would come and absolutely annihilate them yeah right and then that's where we'd put the fly in and bang on gotcha and the same sort of thing was happening this time but we didn't see the jeeps eating them and they're sitting right behind a bommie yeah and last time they were sitting behind bommies as well and you just put the fly over the top and they just come up yeah and slurp it off the top but this time they didn't want a bar of it we also had shots of them like up on top of the flat yeah like big fish too and you'd put the fly the first couple i put the fly maybe five meters in front yeah and spooked as soon as it hit the water yeah and then i was like oh they're a bit spookier so i'll put it further in front and even like 10 meters in front as soon as they saw the fly they were gone really yeah and I don't know whether it was like water temperature or like something I was doing wrong yeah I don't know but I was doing nothing different to what I was doing last time and they ate every single time yeah right so that was pretty interesting and we saw this time we saw jeeps on the inside in the lagoon chasing bones yeah and like you'd be walking along and then out of like knee deep water this like 30 kilo jeep would just bust out of the flat because it's just sitting on the turtle grass yeah yeah. just sitting there like yep. you can't see them but yep. they're just sitting there and then you walk up on them and spooks them off yeah yeah we had that in sudan a couple of times yeah like it scares the fuck out of you yeah. you can't see them <laughs> and you almost stand on them like you only get to like 10 meters away from them yeah and then they just explode yeah yeah it's crazy so yeah and then the one jeep that we did get for the trip was chasing bones on the inside and it ate a, a bonefish fire yeah. fly size four so that's a tiny fly eh? yeah i nearly had a decent one actually sort of near where we're going now actually just to put everyone in the picture you probably hear the car noise we're on a big road trip flynn's about five or six days away from returning to work guiding at yeah. east coast angling so we're just trying to make the most of the little window of um good tides and go and have a look on the flats see if we can get bending but um yeah, I had one that I nearly uh, nearly hooked on a 10 weight with like a, I think it was like a size two shrimp. Yeah. And it was probably a maybe 15 to 17 kilo fish. And I shat myself because it ate the fly, but I didn't hook, it didn't like hook up. Yeah. And um, yeah, on a, on a little size four, what were you running? Like 16 pound liter or something? I was running 20 pound. 20 pound, yeah. And it choked it too, like wasn't in the corner yeah, of the right. jaw. It was hooked right in its tongue. That's a cool fight, eh? Yeah. yeah. And it took... That took so much line, like 200 meters of backing, it went way out. And um, when dad came over to me to like film, when I hooked up, because the sharks are a big problem over there with the bones. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, 
like if a bone ran that far you it's dead almost Im- impossible to land it yeah and then so dad was like oh do you want me to run out there and like stomp the sharks off it sort of thing yeah, and I was yeah. like oh it's not going to be eaten it's a jeep yeah so um yeah that was pretty cool to get that and on a nine way too so yeah that's fucking awesome it's funny actually chasing GTs in Sudan like um a lot of it's teasing the edges, bringing them in. Yeah. Because a lot of those atolls don't necessarily have, from what we can see, they don't really have like entry and exit points. Yeah. It's sort of like one deep ledge that just comes up in a uniform fashion. Yep. And wherever you do find a little entry, obviously that's obviously a funnel for fish. Yeah. But typically a lot of that stuff is all just big drop off, like 200 meters deep off of like a meter deep. Yeah. It just drops off into the abyss. And, um, a lot of it was teasing fish in, so we'd get like, uh, I think the biggest GT was probably around that 16, 17 kilo mark. And there was some really fucking big bluefin trevally we landed. Massive ones. Yeah, eh? man. And they're like monsters. Like they fucking hit a fly so hard. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And like you're running like GT line on a 12 weight and like 120 pound leader of like maybe, I don't know, five or six feet in length. Yeah. And when they hit, it's just like just this jolt through your entire body. Yeah. And like it's the way that you fight them over there, it's very different to what you were saying because it's so close to like deep water where they just go, boom, see you later, and you're gone. It's like as soon as they hit, it's basically it's locked drag and it's like fucking running backwards. Yeah. Like you're holding on to the line, like yeah. your fingers are burning you and you just fucking cannot anything. let them have a thing. And so. If you, as soon as you let it turn and get momentum away, you're gone. Yeah. So you've almost got to, like, as soon as they eat, just hold and run backwards and, like, do whatever you can to keep it on a short leash. And it is the most brutal fucking violent it's fight. The it's the best ever. ever. Yeah, That's it's so very good. similar to the when you chase them in those drains that I was talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. That's, like, if they what go outside like, that drain, you're, you're done. Yeah. And I had a couple, like, really big fish that went outside the yeah. drain. And... Like, I sort of had a glimmer of hope because you'd, like, have them on for a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then they just find something. Yeah. Or, like, I had a few that, like, broke the fly line yeah. when it was, like, fully out. But, like, you have to keep them on a short leash. Yeah, yeah. You know. Actually, Ben hooked a fucking cracker. And um, it was... I don't I don't even know what line it was. It was definitely 12-weight line. I thought it was GT line. I actually bought the reel off um, Lee unit. Oh, yeah. And it had um, some line on it already. I can't remember whether he told me it was GT line or I should change it or whatever. But anyway, long story short, that line was on there. And um, he hooked one that was well over 20 kilos, maybe pushing 25. It was a big, big fish. Yeah. And he just, like, he's giving it nothing. And the line, just, like, the fly line just explodes. <laughs> and he's just, like, lost for words. <laughs> And I was so fucking dis- disappointed for him too because he was having a bit of a tough time on the fly getting getting stuff to happen. Yeah. And he got the bite from the fucking trophy fish and just didn't get, didn't end well. Oh. It's fucking such a shame. But um, we had a lot of shots on um, teased up fish when we were teasing for that one or two days. Yeah. But then apart from that, it was all trigger fish pretty much. Yeah. And then... But the biggest GT that we came across on the flats was it was just me when I was by myself actually, and because Ben films a lot for his YouTube and shit, and um, 
is always on me. Like when I'm not filming, I'm fishing and I just want to fish because I hold the camera so much. Yeah. And so I don't often have like the chest mount or the GoPro yeah. running or any of that sort of shit. I just fish for fun. And um, he's always up me like when we're on these trips, like fucking run your GoPro, man. Like fucking get some cool shit. Yeah. Because you always miss the best fucking shit. A hundred percent. Like how much fucked up, fucked up cool shit happens? I so wish you could record with your eyes. A hundred percent, yeah. You see everything in slow yeah. motion. Yeah. So anyway, like that is ringing in my ear. Like I've been jigging with him and I've missed doggy hookups and all sorts of shit because I didn't, I'd never bothered changing my battery. Once my battery's out on my GoPro, I'm very fishing, much the same. I'm like, fuck the GoPro. <laughs> I just want to fish. So I'm guilty of that. And Ben, whenever Ben fishes with me, he's like, mate, like it takes two seconds. Yeah. I've got five fucking charge batteries. Just do it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like we traveled halfway around the world. Let's get some cool shit. So I was being really disciplined with that. Yeah. And I went off on a day with uh, Nicola and Alex. So Alex is John B's camera guy. Yep. Really good fucking dude. Solid fella. Loves fly fishing. And so me and him were having a good yarn going backwards and forwards and, and looking for fish. But it was a pretty quiet day. And Nicola was like miles down the flat chasing permit. And um, like he just had tunnel vision on that. So I was standing near a drain similar to what you described before and it was like one of the only sections of that flat that had a an, an entry and exit point on a drain yeah and i saw this shark come in i was like oh yeah that's cool a bit of bait flicking and then i saw a big yellow margin trigger in the middle of the drain i'm like fuck this is awesome no battery though so i was like i could just hear buster's voice in my head mate just fucking put the battery in <laughs> like because i had three full batteries in my like in my uh, backpack yeah so I'm like, all right, that fish is going nowhere. I've caught like 15 triggers already. It's fine. Like, just change your battery. Yeah. Make the cast catch the fish. I have a 12 weight on me and a fucking 10 weight. So I put my 10 weight down. I put my 12 weight down. I take my backpack off. I open my GoPro. I look for the batteries. I've got my GoPro off. The battery's out. I've got the new battery in my hand. I look up. 25 kilo GT. 15 yards from me oh. on the back of a shark just doing like little laps of this drain and so I'm like fuck in my mind like <laughs> you can't like buster you fucking can't <laughs> like the one time I tried to do the right thing it was the only shot we had at a free swimming GT the entire trip oh because everything else was off the teaser and he would have eaten off would the back have of eaten for sure man he was in there there was bait in there and like, so I'm like panicking and like fumbling. I drop one battery in the water, I get another battery, like click it in, boom, hit the record, and then I try to pick up my 12 weight and I like, basically spook it. Like, yeah. Long story short, I missed the fucking shot and I was fucking ropeable for the rest of the day. Because eh? <laughs> I missed the trigger too. Like, the GT spooked the trigger and oh, like, true, it was yeah. just fucking all over. But interestingly enough, actually, the next like 20 minutes I was just off in my own little world thinking fuck 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 you know like spewing and um I'm in the middle of the Red Sea having the time of my life like what was I there to be upset about yeah. and I literally like was thinking that in my mind like don't be upset man like you're in fucking paradise like yeah. no one gets to do this you're so fucking lucky and then I looked up and I saw this shape like three meters off the shore water would have been about maybe six or seven hundred mil deep it was kind of like there's not a lot of tidal movement in sudan it yeah. moves like maybe five or six hundred mil at the most right in most of it so it's kind of like a lagoon off a steep sandbank. 
and I saw this shape just sitting on the bank, like sitting on a little sand patch. And I was like, what the fuck is that? It looked like a blue bastard, but then it would move and it looked like a permit. And then, it, then I got closer and I thought, that's a fucking GT. And this thing was like in excess of a meter. It was a big, 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 big Proper. fish. Proper big fish. And um, so I cast a crab at it from a distance and I dropped it about maybe two meters in front of it. And it kind of changed body language. Like it looked at it, like it turned. I was like, fuck, that's weird. Maybe it did see that. I, d- I thought I just fucked the cast up. So I picked it up, laid it out again, just another maybe two feet closer. And it definitely came over to the fly. It just comes over, looks at it, and then doesn't spook or anything, but it just looks, tips at it, doesn't eat it, just has a closer look at it, and then it just mooches and just moves away. And as it turns around, like, it looks like a blue bastard proper. And um, earlier in the trip, the guys were saying, on this on these particular islands, you get this fish called the giant sweet lip. No one in the world has caught one on fly, apparently, because they're only in this region of the Oh, really? See, yeah. And um, they hooked one about four months earlier on a previous exploratory to the uh, to the sort of nearest edges of the southern um, stretch of that particular bit of the ocean. Yeah. They'd hooked one and got it really close to landing it and pulled hooks, like oh. just meters from the shore. And. Um, then I started chasing it, like thinking, fuck, that's one of them. Like, and it just cruised off, like it didn't give a fuck I was there. Like just massive, like think of a blue bastard, twice the size of what we were catching. <laughs> like scary big. But are they like- They're a thing. But are they a blue bastard or are they're they- like a blue, They're like a sweet lip, yeah, giant sweet lip. So a blue bastard is like a painted sweet lip. Yeah, yeah. Similar sort of uh, But they look they're exactly the same, like they look pretty. Yeah, they look pretty close, yeah. Like, I mean, I got within, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 yards of it, something like that. So I yeah. could see the shape and the color. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see it as clearly as what we were seeing because the water wasn't as clear yeah. on some of those atolls, but definitely a big sweet lip and definitely like giant. <laughs> so they're, they're a thing in the in the Red Sea that Nicola's keen to try to get done. Yeah, for But sure. just seeing one in my, like with my own eyes, I was like, holy fuck so much cool shit out there that you don't know about unless you go and look. Oh, 100%. That's why I'm pretty keen to try and find bones and triggers and shit on the East Coast here, right? Yeah, they're definitely here. you just got to put the time in. It's like anything. Like, it's it'd be a lot of time, a lot of fuel, a lot of effort. But it's kind of like that. Like, if you're not going to put the effort in to go and find cool shit that you enjoy doing, what are you here for? Exactly. That's where I get the most enjoyment out of. That's for sure. So, um, what's the plans with like um, the rest of the year then? Um, well, the, we've got the mothership season for East Coast angling coming up. Yep. Um, so doing that, that's cut a little bit short because of the whole coronavirus thing. But yep. Doing that and then um, just see where I go from there. Like, I really want to get a big perm out of Port Douglas. Yeah, because we know where they are now, and we've had shots of them. We've had them follow the fly and everything. So that's definitely a goal, and yep. hopefully, Cocos again. Yep. Towards the end, like end of the year, start of next year. Yep. Um, and then yeah, just see how it goes. Twenty twenty is a bit of a write off for everyone. It I is think, a bit, so. eh? Yeah, yeah. It kind of fucked everyone over. Yeah. Like we we had a lot of stuff planned as well. Like not just 
our own trips, but we had a, we had a few um, trips overseas, like hosted stuff. Yeah. That we want to try to get into, and um, it's kind of all pushed back a little bit. But yeah, I'm like super keen, honestly, to film more stuff around yeah. Australia. Yeah. Um, but if I get the opportunity to travel again for work, I'm fucking taking it with both hands. Uh-huh. That that Sudan trip, man, was like. Um, I know people like it sounds real dicky when people go, oh, that was a life-changing experience, but it really was for me. Yeah. Because I haven't done a lot of travel, honestly, and to be able to go to like a, a country, like an African country, third world, yeah. and be able to be part of like an exploratory type trip like that was just like, I was pinching myself. Yeah. Really what was, was it like, like, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but like yeah. when people think about those sort of countries, they think yeah. it's like unsafe. And Fucking oath. I thought it was. Yeah. I really did, eh? Like when, uh, and I'll tell you the, how it all set up. Like. Remember, like, last year, I think it was, um, we hosted John B. Yeah. Um, on that tour up the east coast of Queensland. Yeah. And that went really well for him. Like, all the guys involved in cast really, like, sort of really rolled the red carpet out for him and, like, got them onto um, almost every species of fish that was on their uh, bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it sort of turned into a freshwater tour because the weather was so fucked. They really yeah. wanted big Spanish mackerel and big GTs, but it was all, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. And so I guess John was quite appreciative of the fact that it was such a, a well-run tour. Yeah. And everyone was so um, so helpful and so nice. And um, at the end of it, he said, like, there wouldn't be a single person that we met on that trip or anyone that's involved in cast that he wouldn't consider, like, a great friend now. Right. Because of the way that, like, he was looked after and stuff. And that's a real credit to everyone that was involved. But long story short, he basically said... If you guys come to America, let's hook it up and do it um, on the other side of the world. And we're like, yeah, fucking oath, happy days. And sort of thought nothing of it because we didn't really get a chance to go back over there. Yeah. And then just out of the blue, like we chat every now and again, bits and, for- bits and pieces, backwards and forwards or whatever. And um, yeah, out of the blue, I get a message from um, Jarko, yep. Captain Jack. He's like, hey Mick, um, looks like I'm going to go to Sudan, probably with John B., are you guys interested? And I just wrote back in capital letters, in. And didn't even know anything about it, no <laughs> dates, nothing, I was just like, in. Because like for me, like Jarko is like a fucking lord, a massive inspiration. Man. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys who I look at and go, fuck, I really like, I really appreciate how much time and effort and um, dedication that he has to his craft. Yeah. And it's not just the craft of guiding or fishing himself, like actually producing yeah. great films and, you know, stuff that really, a lot of his stuff has inspired me to start fly fishing. Yeah. And like, so I was like, yep, yeah, in, I'm in, whatever, whatever's happening, we're doing it. And um, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll be in touch. And then like maybe three days later, I think John sent me and Ben a, a group message to say, hey guys, we're going to Sudan, I'd really love you to come along. So I wrote back straight away to him too and said, yeah, man, spoken to Jarko, we're in. And I hadn't even asked Ben <laughs> at all. And like straight away I was like, okay, Sudan, that sounds fucking dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds real dangerous. <laughs> uh, but anyway, fuck it. If, uh, if the boys are in, I'm in. Let's yeah. do it. And um, so I messaged Ben and I said, hey, we're going to this, hey? And he's like... Man, I'm just about to leave for a trip up with Tyson to the Cape. Like, I'll chat to you about it when I get back. I was like, okay, cool. So I started making arrangements. Like, I was like, 
trying to find out how to get there, what we were doing. Like, it was all over WhatsApp because there was Jaco, me, John, Alex, Ben, Nicola from Wild Sea, yep. and the African Waters guys who, who are the guiding yep. operation. So there was this whole big group chat, and it was all, like, a bit convoluted. And, and long story short, it got to the point where we didn't know whether the fuck we were going or we weren't. Yeah. Because we couldn't get any answers at the time because it was just so hard to line everybody's uh, information up. The communication wasn't really to the point. Yeah. So anyway, we got to the point where we were like, okay, these are the dates we need to fly in. These are the flights we need to get. This is how much baggage we need. This is how much cash we need. This is the process. Oh, and by the way, when you get there, the only dodgy thing we need to do, and it's not really dodgy, it's just the way they do things, but when you get to the airport, you give them your passport for the whole two weeks. Fuck that. Yeah, and we were like, that's exactly what I said. I went, fuck that. And um, Jaco goes, no, it's just the way they do things, man. It's all good, it's very perfectly safe. They've been running scuba diving tours like this for years, that's how they operate. You give them a passport, they send it into the capital, get stamped or whatever, and then it comes back and then you get it before you jump on the plane on the way out. And we're like, okay, this is weird. He's like, yeah, don't stress, it's all good. I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. Like, he's been all around the world, yeah. everywhere, right? So I asked a few questions of other people, and like, you know, he's like, yep, that's how we do it, you know, blah, 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 blah. We've never had an issue in 10 years. All right, cool, take your word for it. Fucking YOLO, let's go. So I booked <laughs> the flights, and... Um, Did Benny know at this stage? Oh, sorry, I'll wind back one step. Ben got back from the Cape trip, with Tyson where they fucking slayed. Yeah. Like, monster trout and all that shit. And just basically, he was high on life. He got his fix of sports fishing. He's like, fuck the world, I'm satisfied. Yeah. So I go to him, hey man, Sudan, yes or no? And he writes back to me and he goes, man, no, I think he rang me. He goes, man, I'm like 90% out, 10% in, unless you can convince me it's gonna be a good idea. And I wrote back to him, <laughs> like I said to him, man, because um, he was going to take his family on a holiday and vlog it. Yeah. And I said, look, no offense, dude, but I really think we're going to get fucking epic content and an amazing experience, like an amazing life experience out of going on this trip. Yeah. He was like, all right, let me fucking think about it. Like, sounds pretty dangerous, man, but let me think about it. And I was like, all right, think about it, but like within the week, we need to book flights. Yeah. I need to order fly lines, I need to order flies, and you know, we need to know what's going on. Had to buy him wading boots and you know, all sorts of shit. So, yeah. Um, and the time's ticking. And then, so anyway, I ended up writing him a message like three days later or something. Like, Mate, are you in or are you not? Like, this is going to be amazing. And he wrote back, I'm 51% in. 49% out. <laughs> all right, all right, that's good enough for me. I'm booking the flights. So I booked the flights. I booked the fucking travel insurance. I bought him a pair of wading boots, which didn't arrive in time. So he had to wear these fucked up, uh, like, um, joggers. aqua joggers. <laughs> and they were fucked. Like, he, oh, man, <laughs> poor fucking bloke. Trying to walk over gnarly coral and shit. And basically, like, not even... Like, he would have been better off in a pair of Dunlop Follies. <laughs> but he had these poor fucking things, so... Anyway, like, we in got tights, there though, so. in tights <laughs> and no board shorts. Mind you, who the fuck wears tights <laughs> and no shorts over the top? <laughs> like, you're not at a fucking NRL training camp, man. Like, what the fuck? And the funny thing is, he thinks it's weird that I wear shorts over my tights. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> what fucking planet are we on, man? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, like all he all he has to do on those trips is bend over once in front of you on the boat, and it's over. Like you <laughs> cannot unsee that shit, man. Oh fuck, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But anyway, tights, long pants, <laughs> fucking basically joggers that fall apart after the first day. And yeah, long story short, man, we got there. I was peaking. Like, I bet. I was absolutely fucking peaking because I had no idea what it was going to be like. I really didn't. Yeah. And so we flew to Dubai. Like, okay, cool, we're in Dubai. This is actually fucking happening. Met up with John and Alex. Um, then met up with Nicola and Brent, the guide. Jumped on the little plane and went from Dubai straight to Port Sudan. Got out at Port Sudan and it was the middle of Corona startup. Yeah. So they're all like temperature checking your forehead and yeah. yeah, like everyone's got masks on and all that shit. And it's really a third world country, it really is. Yeah. So the airport is like, you know what we're used to in Australia where you put all your shit through the scanner. It's like got full x-ray, you get metal detectors and you know, all that shit. You go over there, you literally put your bag on a carousel. It goes through like an x-ray machine that doesn't even look like an x-ray machine. It looks fake. Like it's just there to fucking, for show. Yeah. And you give them your passport and then you jump on a bus and 20 minutes later you're on the fucking mothership. It's literally that easy. Really? So you walk in, you're on the mothership, cracking beers, drinking nice, uh, eating nice food, talking shit, getting all your gear ready. And then basically like, it's like everything that you thought was gonna go wrong, doesn't go wrong. The people are beautiful, they're all friendly, like, they're all struggling together because they're yeah. all in poverty, but they're all like, um, they love each other, you know? Like, yeah. like they meet each other, they're, everyone's smiling, everyone's hugging and you know, like they're all happy, yeah. which is like amazing. And um, they're just a beautiful, um, beautiful community of people that live in that Port Sudan area. And they're all so supportive of like the scuba diving industry because it brings money into that community and things yeah. like that. So, Everyone's really respectful and helpful and yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so then we set off into the sea and like got lost for two weeks and then came back and we, we actually got in a little tuk-tuk and went for a walk in like through the markets of Port Sudan. Yeah. And that was a real eye-opening experience for me. Like it was, uh, I've never seen anything like it. It's, yeah, it's like real poverty. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of people like real poverty and I kind of, um, it kind of really made me feel grateful for like how we live our life here. Yeah. You know, like it's very easy for people to, you know, like get the shits with, um, you know, certain things that happen in your life or, you know, like you can easily take it for granted how great our life is in this country. Yeah. And um, so that was a really good experience. And then we got our passports back on the last day and we were just like, fucking happy days. Out we go. Easy as. Easy as that. It was like, yeah, it was fantastic. I would definitely do it again. And there's talks of maybe going to do some work with those guys producing promotional films in Ghana and Cameroon and stuff like that. So, fuck, man. Like, pinch me. Yeah. Like, seriously, I can't believe where, like, cast has taken my life. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. So, yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much how that trip came about. And, yeah, I would go back for sure. I would definitely go back for sure. Is there like a location or what? Because you've been around the world a bit. Is there a location that's on your like bucket list? 
Uh, probably Socotra and Yemen. Yeah, Socotra for sure. That's like... Yeah, yeah, definitely. 100% where I was like... Yeah. I don't even know, are you allowed to get there anymore? Or? Yeah, you can go there with Nicola. Nicola yeah. does a... He's, he's, I think he's the only operator there. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's like... It's full, like, pirate shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... Not, like, real pirates, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, sleeping in mattresses in open air and stone huts and... Yeah. Yeah, like, um... Nicola actually was stuck there for like three months because of coronavirus. <laughs> if you have a look at his face, yeah, um, man. If you have a look at his um, Facebook page, that guy has done, like, seriously, that guy is the most interesting human I've ever met in my life. Really? He has done some shit, man. Like, he's only, I think he's 34, 35, and he's just been doing that shit, like setting up Wild Sea and going and exploring all these new places. It's kind of like Luke Rista. Yeah. But he's been doing it since he was like 20. Yeah. So you picture your age yeah. going and doing all that exploratory shit in Africa <laughs> when you're an Italian guy. Crazy, eh? That's super crazy. Like he speaks three or four languages fluently. Really? Yeah. He speaks Italian, uh, Arabic. Yeah. Um, the Arabic, so I think because the Sudanese people speak like uh, Arabic Sudanese. Yeah. It's kind of a mix. It's like Egyptian because Sudan's really near Egypt. Yeah. And it's in that Arabian sort of area. Yeah. So he speaks Arabic, um, obviously Italian, English, and he's learning Spanish. Wow. Yeah. Very fucking interesting human, man. Very interesting. And, um, like, just the conversation around the dinner table, like, just had me so intrigued. Like, I could sit and talk to him for... I had a couple of really long conversations with him, and I would consider him a good mate now because we still chat. And... I could just listen to him tell stories about what he's done in his life. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I would love to podcast him. Like, he was he was just so busy while we were working over there. I didn't yeah, get yeah. a chance. But, fuck, I would love to chat to him for a really long period of time. I've invited him over to chase Tuskies. He's super intrigued with Tuskies. Oh, really? Yeah. So, he's going to come over next year at some stage. And he wants to try to target Blue Bastards and Tuskies. He's going to stay for a couple of months. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, that should be pretty fun. Um... So yeah, like, Socotra is definitely, definitely on the list. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I want to do, like, I would love to go get Tarpon on fly as well. Yeah. Um, Where would you like to do that? Florida or? I don't know. Like, I want to side cast them on the flats, but then I also want to do, like, you know those videos on YouTube where you see them, like, tailing and stuff in the creeks? Oh, yeah, yeah. In the, like, like in the jungles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Well, that's like a South American thing, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they get them in uh, Africa as well. I think in Ghana. Yeah. Like massive tarpon and those giant African dreadfin salmon. Yeah. In the same, like, system. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like, those you think those... Happen. Oh, man, you think the Fitzroy River threadies are big. <laughs> those things are fucked up big. <laughs> like, you're talking 60, 70 kilos. Yeah. Threadfin. <laughs> what the fuck? On fly, mind you. <laughs> and those big fucking um, Kubera snapper. In the creek? No, it's like oceanic. I'm oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Um, like those Kubera snapper that they get over there, or Boha snapper they call them over yeah. there. Like fucking giant. Absolutely giant. Like, same thing. Like 50, 60 pounds. Like, huge, huge fish on fly. 40 kilo red bass. Ri- yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> and then you throw in like those big Nile perch. Yeah in Cameroon like some of the stories Brent was telling me about those like that's spooky 
because like, they fish for them at night. Oh, really? Yeah, they're a nocturnal predator. So he said basically what you want is there's two bite periods. So you pretty much want the sundown bite period to extend into the moonrise bite period. So right. you get like a three-hour bite period. Um, so it's like sort of as the sun goes down, you get that twilight bite. And then as the sun disappears and it goes totally dark, the moon comes up. The moon comes up. Yeah. So that's obviously closer to a full moon. Yeah. Like when the sun sets and the moon rises, roughly the same time. Um, and he said basically it's sort of like um, you get to that point where it's dead still. You can, all you can hear is like lions and shit like that in the background. Proper spooky. Proper spooky. Like no other noise other than the river and animals. Like proper wild animals. <laughs> and you're casting a fly, like a basically a fucking GT fly at night in the pitch black for fish that could be fucking 200 pound. <laughs> like a 200 pound barra. <laughs> That's fucked like, And I'm not fucking joking either. <laughs> like 200 pound barra. Have you seen that film Capitaine? Or whatever it is? Capitan? Uh, no. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen that, go to either African Waters on Instagram or what? Voss Films, V-O-S Films, and look up Capitan. Watch that fucking film. Like, stop the podcast right now and go and watch it and then come back to it. <laughs> it's fucked up good. Really? Yeah, we're going to watch it after this podcast. I'm going to show it to you. Okay. It's so fucking good, man. Like, there's got, like, pictures of these Nile perch hung up on trees by some of the old people that used to catch them. Like, six and a half feet long. Huh. Barra. Barra! What are they? They must run like 200 pound liter. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess so. It'd be like fucking fighting a GT. Yeah. So in that film, they catch a bunch of small ones and then right at the end, they catch a fucking giant. Oh, really? It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Very fucking good film. Like, it's like, it's one of those films you watch it and as someone who sort of produces films a little bit, like, every now and again when I go, oh, yeah, that Goals episode was pretty good. Then I'll watch something like that and I go, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. There's levels to the game, eh? That dude, the, the people who made that film are fucking out of control. They're yeah. so fucking good, man. And, like, all that stuff's available in Africa. Yeah. And then you tell the stories to the guys in Africa about stuff like that we have available, like the topwater barra shit on frogs that Schultz has been doing, and yeah. tuskies, and, you know, these mutant-sized fucking anak permit, yeah. shit like that. And that blows their fucking mind. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, like, you don't realise how good you got it in your own backyard. Exactly. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. You can, you can find epicness wherever you look. You just exactly. got to be prepared to go on and do it. Yeah. So, yeah, but if, if I get the chance to travel more around Australia or internationally, I'm just definitely grabbing it with both hands, man. It's such a good experience. Yeah. Um, especially for someone who didn't travel that much when I was younger. Mm. It was, um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, I don't know how long we've been going for, but I think there's a couple of questions that's come through, eh? Yep. On Instagram, so... I'm just going to fumble around real quick. Pulled over nice and safely. And I'm going to hit you with a couple of questions that have come through. I know one of them straight off the, um, straight off the top was um, recommendations for Doctor Juno Rod. You've caught a few at home now. Yeah. And on... Uh, on charter as well, hey, for East Coast. Yeah. 
Um, well, it really depends on like what you can fish. Yeah. But um, if I was going to choose a doggy rod as far as to fight with, it would be a salty water tackle OBX 400. Yeah, right. Um, that's what I use. It's yep. a spinning rod. Oh, they do they do an overhead as well, actually. Yeah. Um, super comfortable to fight with. Yeah. And it's got plenty of balls. Yep. Like you can. And is that a jigging rod or a yeah, casting rod? Yeah, it's a jigging rod. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I don't just use it for doggies. Obviously, I've yep. caught big elephant and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just the other day on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that rod's a super easy rod to fight with on charter. When we got that 80 kilo one, that was caught on a, a jigging master. I don't yep. know the exact model. Yep. It was a jigging master blank. Yep. Um, but the rod was built by Mike Benici. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a jigging master rod, and that I didn't feel it or anything. But that looked like a comfortable rod to fight with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as overhead rods, I haven't done much jigging with overhead like with P10 big stuff sort of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but yeah that OBX 400 is a, a beautiful rod to fly yeah. with those um those overhead ones like they a lot of those really heavy stuff they they, they do that underhead or whatever they call it eh? like yeah. it's an overhead reel but spiral wrap so that you're yeah. fighting it like a spin rod yeah that makes a lot of sense for um for big big fish yeah and it just stops the line touching the blank yeah yeah so have you have you caught many doggies off the top I I've haven't caught lots. I've caught a few. I've probably yep. caught probably six, yeah, six or eight, yeah. Um, and as far as I just use my GT rod, like yeah, yeah. On the island, they're not that shit. common off the top, so yep. it's just sort of like when they appear, it's yeah. in the same areas and whatnot. Yep. So it's more um, like bycatch sort of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So that's whatever rod I'm using at the time. But yep. that would generally be a Ripple Fisher GT711 or Final Spirit. Yeah. Or a ASWB GT T10. Yeah. Or a Race Point 250. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and yeah, that if it's on a, a Ripple Fisher, it hurts. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> they're a super stiff rod. Yeah, yeah. But and um, they're all like super expensive rods, too. Eh? Yeah. GT Tamer is probably not. GT Tamer is a that's a very reasonable price, reasonable priced rod for yeah. what you get. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the ripples and the, that race point two fifty is also a salty water tackle rod. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's also pretty near. Have you ever used a Japang? No. I've got one, a P five to eight, and it is a beautiful rod, man. Really? Yeah. Under load on big fish, it's fucking delicious. Yeah. It's really, really nice. A lot of those um, P ten rods, they they need a big fish. Yeah. To do their to job fold properly. Over, yeah, yeah. yeah well, if they're not bending, you've got all that force out over a greater distance away from the water. Yeah, exactly. And like a harder. little fish wrapped you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just from the force being so far away from you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, righto. Um, let me grab these other questions. I just saw one there before. Like, will you ever cut your hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Have a trim like every six weeks. That's the beauty of having a fucking job as a fishing guy. Yeah. You can look like a fucking scoundrel. <laughs> Which you do a good job at. Just quietly. And that. <laughs> um, I'll just grab these other questions real quick. Um, where are we? Alright, I'll just go through a couple of them. 
All right. Um, doggy rods are covered. Next dream location to, to fish top water would that be Socotra? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or well, um, also, cocos conventionally. Yeah, I haven't right, fished yeah. cocos conventionally. I've only ever fished the flats. Yeah. But that would have some insane stuff. I know there's been plenty of doggies caught top water there. Yeah. And like big GT, that's one thing that we don't have on Christmas Island. Yeah. Like we've got big GTs, but like numbers of them. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would be very interesting to fish it conventionally, like properly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would definitely be Cocos. And there's actually a seamount that I want to get to, which is a long way, yeah. but it's doable. Yeah. There's a seamount off Cocos that I want to fish in. It comes up from 4,000 meters up to 15. Oh, wow. And I know of one person that's been there, and he said that it's absolutely littered. Oh, you think it would have fucking yeah, heaps of them. Like, that would be a scary first trip. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that would be <laughs> Proper a, scary. Yeah. Think about how often they would not have seen lures. But, like, like they've ever. never seen a lure. They didn't fish when they went there. Yeah, They right. went there with, um, oh, like, God. research divers. Yeah, okay. And they reckon all they could see was doggies. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's definitely the place I want to get to. Yep, yep. Alrighty. Um, we'll end with a uh, we'll end with a good one, but I'll just get um, there's a couple more out of there. Like your career path, obviously you're a guide now. Is that something that you're going to pursue, like basically till the wheels fall off? Like, what what's your plans? Like, what do you want to do with your life? Um, I don't know what I want to do with my life. To be honest. Yeah, well, you're only twenty, man. Yeah, Just exactly. Keep rolling with what you're doing. Do, yeah. do fun shit. I want to. I want to fish. Like I love guiding and I love putting people onto fish. Yeah. Um, but I do want to fish myself, like full time, especially fly. Yep. Like. Yeah. Um, not saying I've been there, done it all, unconventional yep. or whatever, but like fly is definitely. Yeah. The next thing, like the next challenge. It gives you a new lease on fishing, eh? When you've exactly. caught a bunch of fish. Yeah. Uh, people might not realise that you're only twenty. Yeah. Like I've known you since you were like 14. Yeah. And I often like I often get caught in my own head thinking you're way older than you are purely <laughs> because of all the shit you've been fortunate enough to do. Yeah. And also the kind of bloke you are. Like you're very mature for your age. You like your parents are obviously really good people, and it's easy to like mistake you for you know like 25, 26. Like yeah. you've been around a bit and done done a lot of stuff. So you're fucking killing it, man. Life. Yeah. 20 years old, fucking done all the shit you've done. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, pretty good on you. Oh, proper, mate. And the funny thing, like, well, not funny, the really refreshing thing is you're, like, you're not one of those young kids who, like, you never come across to me, like, entitled or anything like that. Like, you're always really humble and just fucking yeah. loving life. It's a credit to you, mate. It really is. Um, so I think no matter what you do with your life, you're always going to do well at it because you, if you have that attitude, you know. Yeah. So at the moment it's guiding, in five years time it might be something completely different. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you might be fishing for yourself and just working somewhere else or your own business or whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, it's fucking, it's a pretty cool fucking little story you're creating, man, for sure. Um, I think I told you like a few years ago, whatever you, like the world is your oyster, man. You, yeah, You can sure. do whatever you fucking want, you know. Um, all right, last question. Legit prostate exam by a large-fingered old man doctor, or your miso dipping a surprise two, gi- two digits. Gun to your head. I'd go two digits. Two digits. <laughs> Have to, eh? Try anything four times. 
you'll be you'll be a fair way away from prostate exams anyway, man. Yeah. <laughs> Long way. You might have a more open mind by then. <laughs> never know, eh? You never know. <laughs> Alright, so that wraps up for the questions anyway. Look, is there anything else you want to cover, man? Um about cider time I think I think so fucking oath well that's a good chat man like um, appreciate your time as always like probably not going to get a chance to do this again for a little while hopefully we get to on the next time I come up and film for Nick hint hint Nick (laughs) give us another job mate (laughs) hopefully somewhere really rad we can fuck off for like 10 days again out of reception (laughs) how good but um, yeah shout out to Nick he's a fucking legend um We've done some really cool work together. Obviously, he's given you a job and like, yeah. got you kickstarted in the industry here as well and runs a good operation. So, yeah, fucking happy days, man. And as always, like, it's a pleasure having you involved in what we do at Cast. And, yeah, man, it's like, yeah, I can't say enough positive things about you, dude. Like, you're Thank a you, fucking man. I appreciate absolute it. legend. And a real pleasure to have you on the podcast as well. So, we'll wrap it up with that. And, um, yeah, we'll hand the reins back over to Wade on the next podcast. But, yeah, he's not even busy, man. No, he's just pretend busy. He's fucking fake busy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I ring him, he fucking doesn't answer to pretend like he's busy. Yeah. Fucking wake up. <laughs>